0: You found this podcast probably because you know a little bit about our ministry called Time of Grace and our passion about connecting people to God through all kinds of media. Well, did you know that we do a lot more besides just television and podcasting? If you check out our website, timeofgrace.org, you're going to find tons of ways to learn about the good news of Jesus, from daily written devotions to daily video devotions— Tons of podcasts, blogs, our Bible basic series called Bible Breath, and books and books and resources and more resources to help you in your walk with God. So if you're interested in any of that, just go to timeofgrace.org. As culture, we are completely burned out. We see that in two areas of our life, and we're gonna be talking about one of those this week, and we see it in our work, and we see it in our relationships, especially in work. But maybe this isn't you. Maybe all your things are great. You feel supported. It feels like your deadlines are being met. You don't feel overwhelmed. You have this separation between work and home. But chances are, that's not you. 76%, get this, 76% of workers are experiencing the symptoms of burnout. And so what has happened, especially these last few years, people have decided, well, I'm gonna move, I'm gonna try a different job. And I cannot tell you how many people I know that have tried a different job or moved to a different city. But here's the deal, 70%, seven out of 10, have gone to a new situation and it's not any better. So they have a new job, they have a new position, they have new coworkers, they have new managers, which is usually the reason people leave companies because they can't stand their manager. So all of this is new and probably new money but it's not any better that tells me it's not an environment issue it's a here issue the good news is this the bible has so much to say about what is going on in our heart so where do we start we're going to do it in two ways instead of just talking about all the negative things we're going to talk about what does a christian employee look like one who is thriving and finding joy in their work and it's a number of things they find their identity in christ not in their work they have enough margin that they can handle problems they take care of themselves physically they're growing and they're supported we'll talk about each of those coming up but I know you might be like, I can't do it. I am at the end. I am tapped out. My toothpaste is running on empty right now. I, I just can't. The last thing you want is some other list of things that you should be doing or not doing so you can feel more inadequate. Well, you're not alone. Truett Cathy, he is the founder of Chick-fil-A had a famous phrase. He would say, how do you know who needs encouragement? He would say, if they are breathing, I'm guessing you're breathing, so let's get some encouragement. The prophet Jeremiah, you might not even know Jeremiah, I'm guessing you barely read the book of Jeremiah or his other book, Lamentations, which is literally complaints to God about his situation. But this is Jeremiah. He is left in Jerusalem as the prophet. All the best and brightest were shipped off to Babylon. And that's Daniel, like Daniel in the lion's den. It's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the three men in the fiery furnace. And so I don't know what his first sermon is like. He's like, greetings fellow C-minus students. But this is what he did. So he had to preach to the people. And he complains and he complains and he complains. And Lamentations is a book you would barely open because it's so depressing. But in the middle of it, we have hope. Lamentations chapter three, 18 to 24. It's a little bit long, but listen closely. So I say, my splendor is gone, complaint, and all that I have hoped for from the Lord. I remember my affliction and my wandering complaint and bitterness and gall complaint. I remember them. And my soul is downcast within me. That's a here problem going on. Yet, this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. And this is where I want you to find hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Because of Christ's sacrifice for you, you are not consumed. He has taken care of your greatest problem no matter what is going on this week, no matter what is going on at work. He's taking care of your sin. He has made you right with Him. You're adopted as His child. And tomorrow we get to learn again of His compassions because they're new every morning. Let's pray. Lord, today many of us just need encouragement in an overwhelming world where we're trying to find balance and too many things with too few hands. Remind us throughout this week and our work of your great love and show us again and again the compassion that are new every morning. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. I don't know if you know this, but you are not your work. And when we talk about this balance of burnout at work, this is probably the most important thing we need to keep in mind. You are not your work. And what does this look like? This is especially true for men. When you go to a party, what do you wanna talk about? Or when work is going well or people are really proud of the work you do, do you feel better about yourself? When it's not going well, do you start to feel depressed? This is a roller coaster and you do not want to get on because you have an identity that is in Christ. This is where the struggle really happens. When our identity becomes a work, we feel like a hero. And you know what? It feels good to be needed. It feels awesome to have 75 key rings on your chain. It feels good when people come to you to figure things out. And just even as a parent. When your child is scared and they run to you, that feels good. It feels good if they don't know how to spell something or they know math at least before second grade and you can help them out. Like all of that feels awesome. Moses was about to receive an important visitor. His father-in-law was coming into town and everyone wants to impress their father-in-law. And then here is how it goes down. Exodus chapter 18. The next day, Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people and they stood around him from morning till evening. When his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, What is this you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge while all these people stand around you from morning till evening? Now listen to how his identity is connected with his work. Moses answered him, Because the people come to me to seek God's will. Whenever they have a dispute, it is brought to me and I decide between the parties and inform them of God's decrees and instructions. If you haven't noticed, he's saying, I'm a pretty big deal. Moses' father-in-law replied, what you are doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. When your work becomes your identity, two things happen. Number one is you try and feed a monster that is insatiable. You're not going to get what you put into work and get the satisfaction that comes out of it. Number two, is you start to compromise other things that are important to you. If your whole world is your work, you start to compromise your family, you start to compromise maybe your ethics, you start to compromise your relationship with God. None of these are good. So as we step forward, we're calling God to help us have the courage to find our identity in Him and not in our work. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, help us set boundaries Help us let sometimes other people to do work, let us be okay with other people getting the credit. We don't have to be the one who's saving the world. You have already done that for us. So help us keep our eyes fixed on you as we serve you in all we do. We ask this in your name. Amen. This week, we're talking about burnout at work and what makes an employee who is not burned out. Number one is your identity is in Christ and not in your work. You're finding your value in Jesus as you're being filled up so that you can pour into other people. Number two is that you have enough margin in your life that you are able to pour into other people. So recently, my daughter and I took a trip to Disney World, just the two of us, and we went. And one thing you have to know about Disney is the estimated ride times are a complete lie. So you get in line and it says 55 minutes and you get there in 20 and you think, I have just gained the system, this is amazing. There's only one time it was even close when they announced over the loudspeaker that the ride was running at like half capacity and a lot of times standing in a singular spot, but we still actually got on the ride under the estimated wait time. So why is this? Disney is not stupid. They are putting margin in their estimated wait times so that you're not frustrated if something comes up. Do you do that with your life? Do you do that with work? Do You ever let your phone battery go almost all the way to the end before charging it? Do you ever go on a trip and you have maybe just enough gasoline and you think I'm fine, but then suddenly there's a detour, or you run into traffic and you slow down, you get more and more anxious. How do you plan your time to church? Is it based on the fastest time ever that you have gotten there? And then somehow, I don't know how, you're late. The same thing happens at work. you push deadlines thinking everything is going to run smoothly and you're not going to have any problems? Well, here's the truth. We live in a sinful world with sinful people. You're going to have problems. The question is, do you have enough margin in your life to handle those problems? The way that God handles us is not with just enough. There's a Psalm that I'm sure you know, Psalm 23, as you listen to it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. But we're gonna jump to verse five and listen how God talks to you. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Your cup isn't just full. The opposite of full is empty. Your cup is overflowing. And what do we mean by that? God's blessings to you never end. Jesus has adopted you as his children. Jesus has accepted you. Jesus has forgiven you. And Jesus gives you enough smarts to leave margin in your life so that you can function as the best employee that you can be. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, fill up our cups. Let our cups overflow with your grace and with your courage and the Holy Spirit so that we can take on the day and the challenges that we face. We make all kinds of bad decisions and sometimes we squeeze things a little bit tight. In those moments, help us take a moment to know that you have filled up our cups so that we have enough in us to be able to pour into the people in our lives. We ask this in your name, amen. Okay, one more Disney story. My daughter and I went at Disney World and we were staying at Port Orleans and we got onto the boat. And I know when I say boat, I sound like I'm from Wisconsin. So we got on the boat and this is the most inefficient mode of transportation on the whole entire planet. When we were walking on the sidewalk, we were moving more quickly than this boat was. But we get to the dock and a man, he's 60s, I think it was kind of a retirement job. He's wearing a semi-ridiculous outfit, but he was so pumped. He asked where we were going and he directed us to the to the boat with the right flag and we got on it. And 20 minutes later, we went the 100 meters of away and got to the right spot. So all this is happening and we got back and he was still excited and wanted to know if we saw everything that we wanted to see. And I thought, man, this guy loves his job. And his job is directing people to get on the most inefficient mode of transportation of all time. I'm thinking, why does this make sense? It might make sense like this. I think he saw that he had a purpose In probably Disney terms, he was making magic. But what he was doing is he was giving people this experience so that they could have a great time. I don't know if you've been able to do that, but how do you connect what you're doing to something greater? And I know you're going to burn out if it's not connected to their greater mission in Christ. When I say purposes, I really mean purposes, plural, that you are finding a purpose in what you're doing immediately, but also a purpose on a bigger picture. How am I serving God when I do this? How can you use your abilities to best honor God? And you're like, yes, all right, I'm going to do this today. Except then today happens and then tomorrow. And do you ever feel like you're doing the same stuff? There's a myth, a famous myth, and these things, when you do it repetitively, is called Sisyphean because Sisyphus was condemned to have to push a large boulder up a mountain and then every night it would roll down. And for eternity, he had to roll it back up and then it would roll back down, the same thing over and over and over again. My wife and I got to go to Cancun. It sounds like all I do is go on vacation, but we were in Cancun and I remember getting up in the morning and we were walking along the beach and we'd go for a jog on the beach, but every single morning the seaweed makes its way in and the workers would be out there. They had a tractor and they had trash sacks and they had uh, rakes and the whole deal. Every single morning they cleaned up all the seaweed. And I'm thinking like, they get up tomorrow and it's the same exact thing. Again and again and again. Does it feel like that? Does it feel like the work you do is like the same stuff, the same garbage landing on your desk, the same things you got to do? And, and you're like, I just do not want to deal with this person. I don't want to do, deal with this stuff again and again and again. So, how do you see your way through it? Connect your purpose to Christ. The Bible says whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Serve people as if you're serving God. All these things are saying that I have a greater purpose that I am doing here and I find a passion to do that. In the Bible, we celebrate every spring this idea of a passion and the word passion is actually the Latin word for suffering. And if you think that that doesn't make sense, when we celebrate Jesus and what he has done for us, we don't celebrate his burnout. And why is that? You burn out if you're suffering through something you don't love or for something you don't love. Christ suffered for someone he loves that someone is you. So take that passion that Christ has put into you and put it into the work that you have. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, first thank you for suffering uh, your passion for us, but help each of us find the things that we are passionate about. Help us see more clearly today how your work honors you. We ask this in your name. If you have a job, you have a dream and that dream is the stress-free life. You're on a beach or you're in the mountains or you're by a lake and there is nothing you have to worry about. And you have enough money, the work is easy, your kids listen, your dog obeys, like everything is perfect and you think, man, this would be heaven. And the truth is that that actually is heaven and that's the only place it's going to happen. This side of heaven, we have work. Genesis 2.15, it said, The Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to drink pina coladas. Right? Like that's not in there. It says to work it and take care of it. And this is before the fall into sin. God has given us work as a gift. But unfortunately, in our world, we put too much on ourselves. We add too many things. We have too much stress. And this is the balance. If you follow endurance athletes, and I don't want to get like nerdy on you, but I kind of want to get nerdy on you. Endurance athletes have a thing they call a TSS training stress score. And what they do is they're trying to estimate how much stress is in their life. And you know what? Your body doesn't know the difference. Your body doesn't know the difference between a long bike ride, like the Tour de France guys. They don't know the difference between the stress financially you have on. They don't know relational stress. Your body doesn't know the difference. It's just holding on to these things. This is what we're trying to figure out. A little bit of stress is good. Athletes would never get faster. They would never go farther unless you do that. If you didn't want any stress in your life, you'd never get past like one plus one in your math class. We need stress to be able to grow, but too much is overwhelming. Lindsay Corbin, if you've heard of her, she's a professional Ironman triathlete. She lived in Missoula, Montana, and she had just gotten into it. She was very good at the sport, and she was training 35 to 40 hours a week until she got to a point that she was getting a little bit slower and a little bit slower and a little bit slower. What was happening is she had too much stress and her body was breaking down. She was very close to what they call chronic fatigue syndrome. So what was the cure? It's probably not that difficult to figure out. A little bit of balance. She started skiing again. She started hanging out with her family again. She started to put everything in moderation before she got to a point she burned out. That's physically, we can see it. It's really obvious when you've worked too hard and you need to take a nap. What's happening in your work life? Are you adding more and more things to you? Are you saying yes to things just so that you can feel good about yourself? Are you uh, saying yes to things that maybe you shouldn't do and it's starting to encroach on your personal life and your family life? Are you pushing things too far? Maybe it's time to get some balance in your life. And that's what we look at today. God has given you work as a gift. And this whole week, as we talk about burnout, this is a blessing that God has given us. You can find joy in your work. You can find your identity in Christ. You can have enough margin that you are getting things done and you're able to pour into people. That's why God has created you to be you, because there's some hands only you can hold. There's some conversations only you can have, and God has put you here for a specific purpose at a specific time to do just those things. So let's pray that God can help us find this complete joy in our work. Heavenly Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, give us just enough stress. When none of us pray for stress, but give us just enough stress in all of us that we start to feel a sense of growth, that we're learning in our jobs, that we're supported in our jobs, but not so much that we're overwhelmed and help us ultimately find our rest in you. You tell us to come to you, everyone who is weary and burdened. So put our spiritual cares on you, put our physical cares on you. You run the universe, you run the planet. Help us control the controllables, help us go to work and find joy with the gifts and find passion and the abilities you've given us. We ask this in your name alone, amen.